0: This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. With me today is Hans here. Hans, how are you doing?
1: I don't know if uh, if you watch 89 without knowledge of who the director is. I don't know if you'll be able to tell as quickly as Batman Return that it's a Tim Burton movie, especially if you know his track record, just because of everything, really. The way they interact with each other, the music they use, the, the architecture of the city... Um, this one immediately feels like a like a Tim Burton. The, the the moment that was uh, it was a little bit jarring to me, I guess. But um, when when the Catwoman comes in uh, and starts interacting with Shrek, and both of them are such typical Tim Burton characters, that that's when I immediately knew. Okay, so this is you know this is this is when they when he tells you right away, well, this Max Shrek character doesn't doesn't actually exist in comics, right? He created himself uh, for this role and, and especially getting someone like Christopher Walken with this odd, enjoyable performance, but it's still kind of odd. And the the way the way he looks like with that hair and everything, uh, it's very much a Tim Burton character. Uh, so I, I think that's the, that's, that's the biggest difference between those two, just because in one, you can easily tell this is this guy. And on the other one, it's a little bit this guy's like you can you you see a little moments where you can you can tell but it's not as blatant as in this one where, you know, like you said, he had more creative freedom to do his thing and it and shows a lot.
0: A little bit of backstory on Batman Returns. The original script was written by Sam Hamm, who did the first one, and Daniel Waters, who did Heathers, was brought in for rewrites and they restructured the script quite a bit. Originally, it was I, – I, I believe it was always going to be Penguin and Catwoman, but Penguin's brother – was supposed to be Max Shrek in a later draft. But before they even did that, the Max Shrek character was supposed to be Harvey Dent. So you had Harvey Dent. Okay. And um, he was going to be eventually turned into Two-Face by the end of the film. But for whatever reason, I guess things didn't work out with Billy D. Williams or they wanted to go in a different direction. So they evolved that into the Max Shreck character who's named after the actor who played Nosferatu in mm. uh, that film it's and 32. yes yeah. and that was originally supposed to be Penguin's long-lost brother they wound up mixing that subplot and just made it about him trying to discover his family or maybe this is a ploy so he can garner sympathy the whole plot is stolen from an episode of the 1960s Batman series did you know that no where Penguin runs for mayor. Penguin? Yes. Penguin runs for mayor. And Batman decides he's up to no good. I have to run for mayor too and beat him. That sounds great. Very Joe Biden strategy. We have a we have a yeah. villain. <laughs> I have to run to save this country,
1: right? How would you feel about uh about uh, Christopher Walk and Two Face? That would be
0: great. For this time, I think that would be great. He would be great as anybody. Scarecrow would probably be best best pick for
1: Christopher yes. Best. Ward. Because if they would have just left that, instead of adding Mac Shrek and just well we couldn't get Billy D. Williams, who probably would have been really bad. But let's just give the role to Christopher Walken and just let him go fucking nuts. Uh which, you know, he doesn't really need much help. He kinda does that with his character a little bit. Uh especially every interaction he has with Catwoman before and after she becomes Catwoman. Uh he shows like a little bit more more of a ruthless side than than his uh you know, mayor side, I guess, where he would tries to be fake nice to people. Uh, so it would have been interesting to just see them going with that idea and just have him, you know, go nuts with that character uh, yeah. in that universe, in, in that Tim Burton universe, instead of, you know, whatever Schumacher did with him later. It definitely mm-hmm. could have worked.
0: You know, it, it would do uh, Sean Young a disservice to not mention how she went on what was it the Joan Rivers show, dressed up as Catwoman impromptu and tried to campaign to Tim Burton through the television to get the Michelle Pfeiffer uh, role. Because she was supposed to be Vicki Vale. She fell off a horse and broke her leg or something so she couldn't film the movie. And she felt like, damn, I, I lost my opportunity. What do I got to do? I got to go on the Joan Rivers show as Catwoman and say meow and be cringy."
1: Gosh. Especially when you're dealing with someone as autistic as Tim Burton, that's not going to work. No. You know, he's not He's not, He's not. not that Hollywood guy that's just going to go over the popular or whoever's getting more attention thing. He's a weirdo that has his vision. And, you know, that's that's funny to hear, though. Especially her, whose career is dead right now. Is she well, still alive?
0: Yeah, she's still. I think she's still alive. She's, she should only be like 60-something right now. Uh, the, the most notable piece of work she did was, I think she did some reshoots for the Blade Runner extended director's final cut 15 years ago, something like that. Um, yeah, no, she hasn't really been up to much lately. And I think she would have been a poor casting choice for Catwoman here if he even remotely entertained that. I think Michelle Pfeiffer does a, a fantastic job in the role.
1: I think she does really great with what she has to play with. I, I don't know if there's much for her in it, and I think she, she was campy enough where it worked really well in this context. I'm not sure that I cared much about that character, to be honest, and I was a little bit confused that the ending where they just show her popping up on frame?
0: Yeah, she was confused uh, by it too. That was that was a last minute Warner Brothers decision. But uh okay. I'll I'll touch on that in one second. <laughs> what did you think of the origin of Catwoman here? Where she goes from I'm just a cat burglar in the comics, and I wear purple and I got hair that comes out of my helmet or whatever, and instead becomes well, with the magic of these cat's tongues, <laughs> I have gained immortality.
1: Yeah, I'm um, not a fan, really not 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 a big fan um i guess you had to do that after setting up the penguin right can't have one crazy origin like that and then the other one's just well i just like to wear, wear cat ears
0: so it 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 does take a step into the fantastical but it 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 yeah. doesn't necessarily go it doesn't dive in entirely like something say uh, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze is very two-dimensional, very science fiction-y. Poison Ivy, same way. Right. Instead, they don't explain how she has nine. They don't even establish, really, that she has nine lives. No. You just find out, based on all these murder attempts, that uh, these are yeah. not working, that she's hanging in there. And penguin Penguin's just a deformed-looking guy who lived in the sewer and was raised by penguins. I mean, what's unrealistic about that?
1: You're right. Yeah, he's just a little guy that has a, a black tongue and black saliva and and three fingers. And that's because he looks been like eating, a like eating sludge his entire life. He's been eating people's shit and piss all his life. Eating fish and having no social skills at all. Uh, that was one of my favorite things when they just tried to make him into a. The mayor or the mayor candidate or whatever—he's just a savage, just eating a fish in front of people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, D- Danny DeVito is great in this, by the way. That's, he's that's, fantastic. That's one of the things that I really like. He's so good in this. I mean, he's so good always, but he's such an out there character that it could have gone either way, and and he he pulled it off. I this is—I—I I would say
0: that this is his best performance because it is the role that requires the most out of him that I can recollect anyway from his career. He's—he hasn't really ever been given, like, a real serious dramatic role as, like, a major character in something. And this is this is the closest thing to something being, like, starring Danny DeVito, which we've never really had. He's always a supporting character. He eats up so much of the time, and he does very well with this character and adds dimension to him when he could easily yeah. be just a cartoony bad guy or a creepy mutant, you know?
1: And, and now that I think about it, uh, the choice of making him a mutant really adds an extra layer of weirdness that you wouldn't expect, I guess, from a movie like Batman, where not every one of them, but most of the villains at least try to be a little close to reality. Maybe not most of them. Maybe that's just, that's, that's not a, uh, uh, an accurate statement. But when I think Batman, I, I don't think monsters or, you know uh mutants or anything like that, I think Bartlers. i think you know uh more close to detective type of thing than than something like Aquaman. I don't know why say that much, but you know what i mean like the if if they had if Tim Burton had uh toned it down and made him you know the origin story that that uh cobblepot has she's just you know a rich, ugly little dude right um I don't know if it would have worked as well, just because the the monstrosity of this character against Shrek and against what he was trying to do with him works really well to differentiate them into this is one world, this is another. And if he had been just a rich guy that you know would have probably been awkward socially, but not this monster, this disgusting monster that is very off-putting and people have to pretend they like him or have to pretend they don't have an issue with, His grossness, uh, it adds a lot to the character without having, again, to do much uh, other than, you know, let's just switch the origin story and make him a Tim Burton character instead of a Batman character.
0: Yeah, we don't really see too often nowadays somebody taking an established character that is recognized one way in media and then putting a full-on creative spin uh, upon that character that is going to warp its entire perception now uh the closest thing i can think of off the top of my head in recent times would probably be tom hardy's bane where i mean for Mm -hmm. a, a grand period of time you had bane and a lot of people considered him like a luchador style character right right and then you cast him in the role with a specific mask and a specific voice and that becomes so iconic And attached to that character that going forward, even in like the animated films and whatnot, they steal from that a little bit. They crib it slightly. They don't commit to it entirely. And the same goes with this Danny DeVito penguin where you take a look at Batman the Animated Series and you have that um, Tiny Tim looking penguin character where he's still an aristocrat, but he's got long hair and he's got a similar mold and, and look. And then they yeah. abandon that entirely when they revamped the series in ninety-seven or so for, for Kids WB, when they take it off Fox the, Kids. The Batman? I
1: think no, no, no.
0: The Batman. the Batman, the Batman goes I probably back to the Danny DeVito one and merges it with some other Perfect. ideas. I'm talking about when they made the Batman Superman Adventures cartoon series.
1: I don't even know that what that is. I don't know if I'm the, familiar with it. You know how the Batman the Animated Series
0: animation style changed at a certain point where it became smoother or um, less detailed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they did that change, yeah. When they did that, that's when they alternated the character design. So what did you think of the fact that we had all these real penguins and little people in penguin suits carrying his
1: body at the end of the felt sad music. <laughs> it's great. It's uh again, it's it fits in this world that he's created. Um I didn't really like the the movie as much as 89, but I think creatively you can really tell that this is someone's vision and entire vision where um He's giving a slate of characters and then he just said, well, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want with them and if you don't like it, I don't care. This is my movie, you know? Uh, and uh, I can really appreciate the effort on that because it, it really shows that he put a lot of thought into who these characters were going to be to fit his vision. Uh, I just think that the story, I, I didn't really care that much for. Uh, I think they focused too much on that Shrek character um, and he he... As much as I like Christopher Walken, I don't think that character was very interesting uh, to Mm -hmm. be on screen as much as he was. He helped connect the characters, I guess. But I wish they had spent a little bit more time on on Catwoman to see, you know, she became this thing. But the only difference that we see between her uh, in her between before the accident and after the accident is that she acts like she's been drinking a lot of coffee, right? She's just like a kind of a tweaker and, and that's it. Um, I kind of wish that the story that we told about the penguin was told about her so that I would actually care about that character. uh I felt like it was very much just a side character that less added because it's a character that people would recognize but i don't i don't know if he had uh much of an idea of what to do with with her i'm not sure if there's maybe a director's cut or something where Um, Oh, no, this this is the director's
0: cut fully. Everything that – I mean, Tim Burton had so much creative control over this film that I think the only thing that – and he might have actually signed off on this too – was that end bit with Catwoman's head emerging when the bat signal was out. And that's because they wanted to do a Catwoman film in the 90s. And Tim Burton was going to either direct that or write that or produce that. And Michelle Pfeiffer was involved. And this was tied up for a while. Uh, at Warner Brothers, and eventually died uh, around the same time of Superman Returns, dying.
1: And then it was revived
0: with Holly Berry, right? Sorry, uh, Superman Lives is what I meant. And yes, it is revived with Holly uh, Berry, which connects itself to this movie. <laughs> have have you
1: watched, yes, have you watched the
0: Catwoman film?
1: I mean, I, I when it came out, whenever that was, Snidey, what, no, that could have been, what, 2005? 2000.
0: Right? Yeah, it was. Same year as Batman Begins. Two different directions. Like,
1: oof, wow. Fuck. What a, When you put those two next to each other. Yeah. I don't remember it though at all. I just remember her in the suit. Like, I don't remember anything that happens in it or, you know, anything. Just that it was not enjoyable.
0: Of course, it's atrocious. But there's a scene where Holly Berry is going over photos of past cat women from some experiment or what have you. And who comes up? Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman comes up. So it for, much like Robert Wall reading the newspaper in the Flash TV series, it connects
1: itself to these two films here. Does she also become a Catwoman by being licked to, to immortality by cats? I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember at all. No. I, I have no I
0: recollection of the film. I just remember the, the, the director's name was Petoff, and people used to say uh, his name is Beetoff. Nice. It was
1: 2005, and that's the kind of humor
0: that was popular at the time.
1: That's still still a good one. Um, I ugh, fuck, I, I lost my train of thought. Halle uh, Berry. Like, oh, Halle Berry. Yes. Um, I my memory with Halle Berry as Catwoman uh, gets confused with Halle Berry in Gothica. Oh, oh yeah, Gothica? no, same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so I don't remember if. One of them gets in a car accident. I don't remember which one of the two it is. And then there's some, like rain or something. Like that's, that's all that, that recollection I have from those two movies. So they just. Robert you know, Downey I, I, Jr. I, was in that movie, Gothica, wasn't he? Oh, wow. I don't, I don't know. Was, Again, well, I don't have any recollection from him other than it's Halle Berry. In this he room. was,
0: he was so down on his luck at the time. He was feeling like Ally McBeal. And he was, it was like a big thing. It was like Robert Downey Jr. joins the cast of Allie McBeal and then he did I, I think he did gothica and he wound up doing the singing detective or something with mel gibson in 2005 or something like that
1: the singing detective
0: the singing de- i think it, i think it's called the singing detective it was like a musical detective film and it was i think it was released in theaters but it really went like direct
1: to usa or something you would expect that with that title really yeah <laughs> it's like that cup sh- do you ever see that cup show that's like a musical but it's a cup show
0: yes what
1: was it where called they all sing Oh, what, it was what is Cop. the show? No, no. it was called. Oh, fuck, what is it called? It wasn't called Cop Yeah, so. it lasted. No, no, no. I think it lasted one season, and uh, it was, or not even, maybe a couple of episodes. But it, it's just detective singing about, like, <laughs> fuck, what was it called? But yeah, I, 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 I have no recollection of, of Catwoman at all, uh, which Cop is probably rock. a good thing. Cop Rock. Cop Rock. 1990. Okay. How how long did that go for? That ran Is, for uh, four months. So so what? Eight episodes. Uh, no. Four months? No, four months
0: gives you like a full season, basically eleven episodes. So pretty close.
1: Okay, so we so we have we should uh, we should bring back Civic TV and watch Cup <laughs> <laughs> or something similar. I honestly, I've seen clips of it, and I I don't know if I will be able to sit through half an hour of of it. It's so fucking just not enjoyable it's just bad in a way they're just like okay take it take it off it's not not bad enough steven bochco did this
0: what was he thinking that was randy newman did the did the music for that show how about that toy story and what other hell films? yeah yeah randy newman. Uh, i don't know uh,
1: uh but anyway uh, batman, Return. yeah, batman, batman, batman returns yeah
0: batman returns should there have been more musical numbers in batman returns what do you think of the circus uh. people did you did you like that um, they seemed a tinge in, a lot of a lot of clowns for the circus? Yeah. It's kind of like they were like, all right, well, we don't have the Joker. There's no Joker presence in this movie. What can we do that feels sort of like that? It gives a little connective tissue. We'll have
1: some clowns in the gang. Is that close to when it came out or am I completely off? Uh, it was two years after. Batman. Okay. Batman so,
0: came out in eighty nine. It came out in ninety.
1: Were they Were they scary clowns popular at the time? Where they would think that, you know, let's let's make clowns because people are scared of them. <laughs>
0: uh, but maybe I mean it's it's within like a six year gap of Killer Clowns from Outer Space and it and then the obviously Joker and Batman eighty nine. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility.
1: Yeah, I mean they were they were fine. I guess I don't know. I. I i'm very ambivalent is that the right word, sure, <laughs> I, don't sure. word I don't know why i just use it but uh, no you but, just gotta uh, say
0: words and act like you know yeah, what you're talking about and people I'm, will assume the best
1: i'm trying to sound not like a mexican uh so i'm using <laughs> words that i don't understand <laughs> Now, just the choice um, for a
0: circus gang in this film seems
1: mm-hmm. uh weird don't know. yeah it's it's disconnected from what we are watching but it doesn't feel weird in that universe does that right i
0: i think tim burton with his characters is always trying to make them into circus freaks which is right so sad when we get to dumbo when he's working with michael keaton and danny devito again and it it feels very i mean for a late tim burton film dumbo is actually not that bad I like Dumbo, but it uh, comparatively it feels totally stripped of its character that, that he would have probably killed to put onto it in 1992. I'm not, no, I'm not saying you that. You're going to watch Dumbo? Go watch Dumbo. That's going to be the next I episode. It's, I don't know it, if I will. Just it's the Tim spiritual Burton's... sequel of Batman Returns.
1: Dumbo. Tim Burton's Dumbo sounds like a horrible combination of two things that should not come close to each other. Is it all dark and all uh, his, dramatic? His,
0: and, his modern style is is shit. It's, it's sterilized. <laughs> it's,
1: it's it's Disney it's corporate, completely, completely devoid of what he had at the beginning.
0: Whereas, all right, if we look at Batman Returns as like a hundred percent Tim Burton, then Dumbo would probably be like fifteen
1: percent Tim Burton. Well, that's what he is now, right? are you I mean, you're not gonna have, have sister hand you're not gonna have an edward sister hands coming out in twenty twenty right. where it's the most uh Tim Burton movie maybe uh and uh now you get what um what was the that he did a, a movie that was like the remake of TV show uh, what was Dark it? Shadows uh, with Johnny Depp. Uh, Dark Shadows, yeah, which completely flopped. And it was kind of Tim Burton, it but not really. Like he's toned it down a lot lately, which is weird to think about because he got his start by being himself and putting out things that were very much him. And, and as he's gotten older, where his name is bigger and people recognize him more, he's toned it down. I, I, I don't know why. Like, it's money can't be. For my, He has enough money. He's made enough he money. He wants more money. Sure. Why
0: else would you work for Disney and do all these big uh, shared universe projects like Alice in Wonderland and Dumbo? I mean, clearly, I think it has to be the money. We, we, I mean, I was talking about this in the group where somebody was posting that Christopher Nolan was complaining that HBO Max is the worst because they're going to bring all their WB movies to streaming, as we <laughs> talked about on the last episode. And it's like, all right, well, Christopher Nolan, you could just go make your own movie. You had the, one of the most, or the most successful film in Warner Brothers' history, film that made what two billion dollars, something like that. Dark Knight. Right. Oh, what do you? How mm-hmm. much money you got? You have you have two hundred and fifty million dollars. So the way that you live, that's going to run yeah. out after about ten years. <laughs> so these these directors. You know, they can only hold on to their income for so long before they start doing Cameo.com videos saying happy birthday to your mom for
1: $8. When are we opening a Cameo for a headshot?
0: Immediately. Why do you think I'm posting those clips on Instagram? I'm trying to remind people what we do here.
1: <laughs> it's just me showing my feet.
0: Yeah. With Cameo. <laughs> so, um, uh, what we, so you like the whole Penguin Runs for Mayor campaign? But you think it takes away yeah. from Catwoman?
1: I think no, I don't think it takes away from Catwoman. I, I I think there's not enough Catwoman to begin with for me to give a shit. Uh for that for me to care about that character doing anything that she does. Uh, I like the uh Penguin for Mayor just because it was such a two different worlds that live in the same world. You know, there's there's a rich part of Gotham where you know, there's this very successful people that are trying to prop him up to be the next mayor or whatever as a as kind of like a, like dummy, right? Like he's not, doesn't really believe in him. He's just like a, a dummy that he wants to control or whatever. And then you have this monster that lives in the sewers that hasn't been seen ever, you know, or, you know, it's the first time that anyone sees him in, what, 40, 50 years? How long is it supposed to go by, right? Uh, and that, those two worlds put against each other. I found that very enjoyable. Um, but the Catwoman thing, I I just, I just don't think there's enough there for me to care when anything happens to her. And I, I don't, I, I, I want to say that Christopher Nolan did a better job with Adam. What is it? Hathaway with this, um, Catwoman, just because we see her doing more uh, in this movie, it seems like Catwoman exists just to help the plot move forward and connect the characters. So there's not really much going on for her on her own.
0: You're right. She does feel detached from the general plot. It is more of a triangle between Max Shrek and Batman and Max Shrek and the Penguin here. And using the Penguin and Bruce Wayne as opposites of one another, of uh, you know wealth and parental abandonment gone two separate ways uh she she doesn't feel as connected to that uh and it probably would have been a tighter film without her character in there or maybe if they they did fully commit to doing a, a catwoman solo film and set her up a little bit in that movie maybe that could have worked but what we wound up getting instead i agree it's not the sharpest, but I, I I think it still works. And I think her character—if you did reduce her character more so—it doesn't feel like the same film, and it's probably not as good of a movie.
1: Maybe, yeah. I just—I guess I just wish there was more of yeah. her, yeah. Um, and and less of Shrek. <laughs> I, I wasn't a huge fan of that character. I especially well, I I, I did enjoy how uh, the penguin uh, caught him in like a a little cage. On top of what was it that well, I don't even remember what was in that water, but like he was on top of like it reminded me of uh, mustache twirling uh, villain from like an old movie where he catches the bad guy where he puts him in a in a you know in a in a cage on top of this this water. Oh,
0: your your connection was acting up with Penguin. Ah. Your connection acted up. I didn't get what you just said.
1: Oh no. You know. now.
0: All, yes, you're good now. All all where it kind of cut out a little <laughs> bit was uh where he put him in a cage.
1: Yeah, I really like the the cartoony aspect of that. Uh because if you're trying to do this more close to a real life movie, you're not going to put this character in a cage on top of water, right? On top of evil water. What do you yeah. want to call it? <laughs> But uh, it reminded me of, you know, 1930s, 1920s villains where they, you know, twirling the mustache to camera and very cartoony, very out there. Um, Those little aspects of it I enjoyed a lot. Uh, His motivation
0: is extreme as well and very cartoonishly evil where it's like, I want to run for mayor. But here's what I really want to do. I really want to kill everybody's firstborn son. We're going to go take yes. the children and put them in knapsacks, and then we're going to go kill them in the sewer. It's
1: very dark. Yeah, it's it's, it's very bible Yeah. Right? Isn't yeah, that what yeah. they do
0: with sure. the firstborn? And... Cain and Abel. Yeah, yeah.
1: no, yeah. Well, no They I'm kill each more other. Of which, like, I don't know. What's the story where they have to like put uh, goat's blood on the door so that the angel of death doesn't get your firstborn or whatever? I don't know why I'm asking you. I don't know if she <laughs> like, sounds like, like a Christmas thing. Like, I don't know. Catholic uh, lore uh, but it's, it's it's very much that very dark and very, you know, fitting with this world I yeah. guess. Uh, so it may, it makes sense, yeah. But it, but it's definitely you know, way more out there than than the eighty one.
0: It seems like the the villain's goal is always to do what has been done to them. huh? Joker wanted to deform people's faces and kill them. And Penguin wants to inflict what he had to experience. I think the only difference would be, I mean, what is Catwoman's motivation in this film? She just kind of hangs out a lot. She's mad at
1: Batman. She's just mad at Shrek because he's mean to her and try to kill her, I guess. I, I guess. <laughs> I guess he did throw her out of the window. I, I guess she reasons. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I think it it all works uh, in his own little universe. Uh, there's nothing that feels kind of not a part of this, and and uh, that has to do a lot with his vision. I guess with with the fact that they gave him complete freedom, so none of the characters feel. Uh, like there should be somewhere else, like they don't fit in this universe that he's created. Right. Uh, so when things like that happen, like what he his goal is, you expect it because, you know, it's this monster that we've set up, as someone that has to go, had to go through a lot of shit to get, to be the disgusting thing that he is now. Uh, so it may, it, it would make sense that he would want to do the same thing to them. You know, it doesn't feel out there at all.
0: Right. So with this movie, Warner Brothers had more of a commercial brain, in handling it, even though they let Tim Burton do his own thing. And this is like a hackneyed YouTube video essay talking point, you know, as of now. But when Batman Returns came out, they upped the promotion of that tenfold where you had Happy Meals with cute little penguin and Catwoman and driving in cars. I I I've had some of them when I was a child. And all, oh. all, all sorts of like stuff that was very directed towards children as opposed to like a 13-year-old audience, which... I think the first movie probably did more and certainly like the Christopher right. Nolan films uh, did not try and soften, you know, th- those movies at all, aside from like children's coloring books or whatnot, but it's Batman. So I, you got to, it's part and parcel with that. So they really tried to market. I remember toys. <laughs> That's
1: Yeah. The McDonald's ones. Yep. Okay.
0: So they really tried yeah. to market this film, like how they were thinking we're going to do Batman forever. You know, they wanted to plop that onto this movie and the reaction to that with the, at least from like critics and uh, maybe the box office didn't do as well as it could have, even though it was still a big success, was that this seemed a little
1: too extreme for children at the time. Batman Returns? Yes. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, it's dark as fuck. It's darker than the first one. Uh um, yeah. so it, it makes sense that there would be a little bit of yeah, that. Even though we again we don't see blood, we don't see any anything too graphic other than if you're grossed out by the penguin, I guess. But I don't know if I would say this for children, just like the Nolan trilogy is not really a movie for children, not because they can't watch it. I, I can see a kid enjoying this way more than the old ones. I can't see a kid finishing in the old one just because they probably get bored. But this one has enough colorful things and graphic things where they would be, I think. Uh, but at the same time, I can see a little pussy kid getting scared and terrified of, you know, the, the graphic nature of this movie in a, in a, not because of the violence, not because a lot of gross things happened, but just the penguin character. It's kind of kind of creepy, you know, kind of unsettling. Or Max Shrek
0: uh, being kissed with a, with what, like a taser to his face and turning into a skeleton from yeah. that. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, yeah, Something yeah, like yeah, that.
0: Yeah. I, oh man, that reminds me. kids. Really, were I mean, my generation especially was really where it started to get soft. I remember I was in sixth grade and I was talking about. Spider Man movies with this kid, Tom A. Hearn, who was known for having a giant head and a lot of moles. Really gross kid, Tom A. Hearn. And he <laughs> said at one point, You know, the Spider Man movie was really good, but it got kind of scary when he, the Green Goblin, crashed into Grandma's house, into Aunt May's house. And I was like, Scary? <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs>
1: Sixth yeah, grade. This scary like... your face, mole <laughs> <Yeah>. face.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I should have said. They should have had a villain called Mole Face and you should
1: have played him. Yeah, it's you. And that's a villain that has the power of grossing everyone out. <laughs> <you>.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. So I can only imagine how, you know, if you, you plop that onto the, you know, children of today, Batman Returns, you sit down a, a seven-year-old who's grown up in the public system of of nowadays yeah probably be terrified
1: i don't know about now because the internet right maybe i can't imagine i can't imagine growing up as a young kid and having access to literally whatever you want at the palm of your hand because now parents are giving kids cell phones younger right so yeah the, but they're not
0: going to live leak they're going to like x to I mean, or their deviant art pornographic if cartoon images.
1: Weirdo, if you were a weirdo kid like me, who was watching fucking Two Girls, One Cup and showing it to literally everyone in my family, my grandma, saw yeah. <laughs> my parents, my... I showed it to them. Uh, this is going to really date me, but I showed it to them on... Not like you guys don't know that I'm old as fuck, but uh, MSN Messenger. Uh, I, I sent it to them, and I was watching them in the little camera thing. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. It was like a little, just like a little square where you could see them. A little webcam, them and, sure. When I sent him to my parents, it was the two of them sitting and just like, oh, this is going to be something, you know, interesting, funny or whatever. And then my aunt and grandma wanted to say hello to me. So I just came into the room and I was just like, ah, I love oh, when no. <laughs> they're just watched oh. they watch lesbians eating shit. <laughs> and it was, yeah. So uh, if you have like a weirdo kid like that with the access, that's the thing. I, I didn't have access to any of that shit growing up because the Internet was really early. So. You could get images, like you can find videos as easy as you can find them now. You have to go to like Rotten or or I don't even know what all other website. com. That was, that was the wrong Rotten one.
0: dot com. Where you see an Asian man eating a baby. Uh, yeah, that that's my generation. Yeah. Anyway, I remember yeah. I was I was with two other guys. and We had a an AIM group where it was like, all right, we, we're going to send the worst, most violent videos we can find on the internet, and I think it ended when we found that one Russian snuff film with the screwdriver. One man, one screwdriver. That's a rough one. yeah, That's a really That's rough the one with Russian. the homeless, right? No, he wasn't homeless. He was like a regular dude. And it was two Russian right. teens. This really turned
1: me off the Russians for a long period of they time. Were, they were Ukrainian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, they they, hammered a guy in the face? Is that the one you're talking about?
0: I, I, I don't know if it was... A, I don't know. It doesn't matter. This has nothing to do with Batman Returns. Also, I love how you prefaced... <laughs> We got a pizza? Is that what's happening here? Unbelievable. Somebody ordered a pizza in my home without informing me. That must be the wrong wrong apartment, right? Wrong delivery? I don't know. I thought we were eating healthy these days. Anyway... Um, I love how you prefaced. Oh yeah, not that you guys don't know how old I am. You said, "Oh, the Batman I grew up with was the nineteen sixties
1: Batman."
0: So I just I couldn't adapt to the nineteen eighty nine Batman as well.
1: Batman the Brave and the Bold is my favorite Batman. Yeah, do that with what you Sergeant like Rock and Batman mixing both like old ass humor. Oh
0: yeah. boy. Um, so, I had something to go with with Batman Returns. Oh, okay. So, needless to say, they wanted to go in a lighter direction. Tim Burton got a whiff of that, hopped out, and that's why they gave it to the most flamboyant gay man in Hollywood, Joel Schumacher, who I suspect was sucking off the two Corys on the set of The Lost Boys based on choreography, Corey Feldman's biography. Yeah. Have you, have
1: you listened to the audiobook of that? It's great.
0: I did, yeah. And uh, it's, it, you know what? It. it it's indulgent, but it's something. It's really, it, it was. I thought it was a good read. I thought it was very interesting choreography. uh oh, your mic cut out. You read it? I, I, I read it and then I listened to the audiobook later on.
1: Wow, I think you were such a Corey Feldman fan.
0: I was. I was a big fan of the two Corys, to be honest with you. I really liked, I'm serious, I was really, and not even, not even like in the 80s, where I wasn't even born yet, like in 2004, I was really into the two Corys, I liked the Lost Boys, and Stand By Me, and, uh, you know, License to Drive, and then I, I remember watching the A&E show, the two movie
1: Corys. With, with Nicole Eggert, with both of them, Falker, that is just, yeah, just a movie of them two having sex with her for no reason, and they're terrible actors, yep. I I can't believe they were into the two Corys.
0: There was something, uh, something light, something fun and mischievous about the two quarries. Uh, uh-oh. I just got an alert. I don't know if we're going to get that on the video. My headphones are going to die, says Hans. <laughs> um, all right. So let's, we'll wrap up the conversation on Batman Returns and um, hope for the best. So what else do we really have to say about Batman Returns that we haven't touched on? I mean, what did, what did you think about the change in Gotham City?
1: Uh, great. Um, I don't know if, uh, I think I might have heard this in, when I was in college, uh, that he based a lot of the architecture on, on old, uh, what's this fucking movie? Cabinet of Dr. Caligari? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: That, that, that's a, an influence here where right. there was obviously a change from Anton first with the first movie. They had to do something different. It feels a little bit more modern, but it does have that vibe to it. Uh, German expressionistic, uh, tendencies, Very sharp,
1: very sharp buildings, very sharp everything, and the then I feel like the snow was a very nice touch to add, Um, even though you know it's 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 not a it's not a plot device, it's not anything that let's say adds to the story or anything like that, but it just adds a a little layer of more personality to the city. Uh, Just seeing everything covered in snow or or as it's snowing when all these things happen, yeah. Uh, and I think visually is more interesting, just again because of the Tim Burton thing, um, where he gets more freedom is more interesting than the first one. I just don't know if the story is as good um, right. as the eight nine one. That's that's the one thing where I'm kind of like oh, I like the eight nine one a little bit better, but but I still enjoy, especially in like the saturated world of superhero movies that we have now. These two feel very detached from everything that's going on now. Uh, I understand that with this one, they had more of a plan about you know what they were going to sell or to do with it, but they both still feel like their own thing, uh, which you don't really find nowadays with this type of movie.
0: I completely agree with you there. And I, I, I suppose, yeah, it, it is interesting that even when they were thinking, okay, we're going to turn this into a franchise, we are thinking about part three at this point, that they still let burton do whatever he wanted with it when there was so much on the line financially they had that much trust in him and i just i can't imagine right. that ever being the case today where now yeah everything is you know driven by algorithm um it could have been interesting to see what his version of batman forever could have been like or his version of cable or even i i would have been down for any of his superhero films uh superman lives in 1997, and how I think there was talk for a second about Michael Keaton reprising the, that would have been so confusing for people, in that day and age when you have George Clooney the same year as Batman (laughs) and then Michael Keaton Batman, they couldn't fathom uh, venturing out or rebooting, and now that's really all they do, if you don't have the principal actors and the director and writer on board you're just going to reboot it and tell the same story again, and then veer off in a different direction, like the Spider-Man
1: movies yeah, just show Uncle Ben dying again for the 20th time
0: Yeah. I know there was talk for a second about them doing, you know how they've done a Batman 1966 comic book series? Once they obtained that property back, they were thinking about doing one for Burton. There's even a pitch for it that is out online with the characters in that style. And that could have been interesting to see um, his version of Batman Forever that way. Or maybe if there was like an animated film sometime down the line, that could be fun, similar to what they did with the right. 66 Batman. William Shatner playing Two-Face. And then Joel Schumacher, I mean, we'll get to this with, with his films, but he wanted to do Batman 5 as a comic book as early as a couple of years ago before he died this past year.
1: Oh, he's dead. Did he die of... What did he die of? Uh,
0: Corey hames sperm killed him, I
1: think. I don't it's know. C- complications of uh Of, of sleeping with
0: 15,000 <laughs> String- men? Something like that?
1: <laughs> String- Strange coffin tonight he died <laughs> with an ass full of eights. <laughs> he he so. bragged
0: about the amount of men he slept with. His body count number is extremely high, but it makes you think. I mean, Hollywood, the Hollywood level is clearly different. How many guys did Joel Schumacher get fucked by?
1: How about the fucking Joel Schumacher's uh, less than zero? I would have liked to see that.
0: That that hey for for the time that could have been interesting It could have been different. Uh, twenty thousand men, he said, he's been with. Oh wow! Sorry, no, he also specified sex and partners. So um, okay, twenty thousand men. How many? Well, Ten
1: thousand. Rest in pieces his blown out but- butthole. <laughs> it's, it's the biggest part of his body. When they, when they. Perform the um, what's the fucking word? Why did I forget the word? God damn it! Aut- autopsy. Autopsy. The Autop- autopsy. It was his asshole. That I, it was too like a long road for me to get to the joke about him having a big ass because he fucked twenty thousand. men Anyway, <laughs> rest in peace, Joel Schumacher, giant peace, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh boy. um any final thoughts on the on the two Burton films, and how do you feel about the fact that Michael Keaton seems to be? I mean, th- things could fall through. He was set to do that Kong Skull Island movie up until the last minute, and luckily he jumped out of that that f- piece of shit film. Can't believe that guy got Metal Gear Solid. We're gonna get little Oscar Isaac his Solid Snake. Anyway, what do you think about Jordan,
1: what's his name? Jordan Peele.
0: Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele's the Flash. They were gonna give him Akira for Still a second. Learning. My shit just died. Uh, Oh, he can't hear me. I could say so many okay. bad things about Hans right now, and nobody. Uh, hi. <laughs> anyway, I um, hear you. You can't hear me. Just take the headphones out. We'll wrap up in these last five minutes. If we get echo, then that sucks. But um, not the end of the world. If I can't hear an echo, then we're good. He can't hear. Me. I'm giving him direction right now. He can't hear me. This this buffoon. Uh, take the head, take the headphones out,
1: headphones out, unplug. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to do because it's Bluetooth. Like for whatever reason, my sound on my computer now is not working. Um, so I can't hear anything you're saying right now. What about this? You can't hear this? No, he can't (laughs) hear this. And this, uh, speakers.
0: Anyway, I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to talk, Hans. Uh, yeah, know. Okay. Uh, it would have been interesting to see if uh, Tim Burton had gotten Billy Dee Williams and and uh, Robin Williams for his version of Batman. Oh, one thing that we had glossed over was the fact that Marlon Wayans was cast as Robin in Batman Returns and, and gets paychecks to this day. We almost had a a very different version of Dick Grayson. Oh. Did you discover your, your error here?
1: Can you hear me? I, I can hear you. Okay, I figured out what happened because my microphone is plugged into the headphone port, so it's, it won't be able to. Anyway, yeah, I should I should probably because <laughs> my speakers on my computer are also fucked up. So if you talk right now and you can hear it, it's just they're blown out. Say something. Well,
0: how about this? Every single time I talk, you should mute it so there's no reverb, and we'll just do a quick wrap up. Okay. Great. Okay, so I was just talking about, you couldn't hear me, I was talking about Marlon Wayans being cast as Robin in Batman Returns, and that would have been, that I think would have made it a big mess, because we were talking about how Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman hardly fits into the dynamic that has been established between Batman, Penguin, Max Shrek, to add another factor into that. I mean, the Dick Grayson character was even in the Batman 89 script, if you own the DVD of that or the Blu-ray, there's a little animatic that shows Batman chasing after the Joker on horseback after, I believe, the museum visit. And Joker runs through a circus or something that's in town and winds up killing the Graysons. And that evolved into, I think, Dick Grayson being more of a Jason Todd character in the original Batman Returns script, where he's kind of a street kid, no one's looking out for him, and he joins up with Bruce Wayne toward the third act of the film and assists in taking down Penguin and Catwoman.
1: I, I, I don't know if I would like to see Don't Be a Menace Robin. You know, the street, uh, Marlon Wayans Robin. Yeah, that probably would have been a, a huge miss. That, that ended up working out better than, than, uh, it would have. Don't you have a, a documentary on on this on, on YouTube? Yes, I do.
0: Actually, as a matter of fact, I completely forgot I even did a document. It's been so long since since that. But yeah, I, I there's not really a comedic relief in this film, so I would imagine that he probably would have served that function. He probably there was a lot of films like that back in the late '80s and early '90s where you had the one ethnic kid who would be the punchline factory. In Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, you had what's his name, Short Round. That's very inappropriate these days. Uh, So Marlon Wayans probably, knowing his career and how, you know, he belongs to a very famous comedic family, he probably would have served that role in the film.
1: Uh, I don't, can we talk about what's happened to, uh, uh, fuck, I can't believe I just forgot his name, Robin in Batman Forever? Where is he at? What's he
0: up to? He's a lot better off than Jim Carrey is right now, I'll tell you that. He's doing NCISLA with LL Cool J. He's
1: been doing that for like 20 years, though, right?
0: Yeah, all those CBS procedurals will stay on the air for 20-plus years. They learned that they it's just easier to keep the same cast and do the same show for two decades as opposed to rebooting it like Jag. Jag turned into... I don't know. It, I think that turned into NCIS because they use a lot of the same people for that show. King of Queens. King of Queens turned into...
1: I'm up with, with a with a series that has a very simple concept. We're just a, a group of characters that we're going to have to be ourselves for 10 years and try to sell it so that we have a job forever.
0: Yeah, we're going to do Trailer Park Boys. They, I'll tell you what, Trailer Park Boys, I mean, before the director of that that show hopped off was great it's watchable now and like a familiar like this is easy to have on the tv these guys are likable enough their new season coming out is kind of clever it's going to be different it's going to be them in prison for the entire season to get around what's his name john john dunlap or whatever whoever played mr lady died Their, their way of getting around him being dead is to just have it take place in prison which is i think an interesting approach and could be good
1: and also, like, imagine if we're able to come up with something that we can milk like they are with this Trailer Park Boys thing. Because Trailer Park Boys came out, what, in early 2000s, right?
0: Yeah, like 2000, 2001.
1: And it's a very simple concept that they just did really well, and it worked. And they're still milking it 20 years later. So that's, that should be the plan. That's what we should do.
0: And if those guys actually moved to the United States, I think they could they could venture out beyond that. But because it's Canada... You know The industry is so much smaller. You, you you can get away with doing that for a long time and not face any real criticism for it. Um, I think the only other thing that I remember any of them doing is uh, Ricky, whoever plays Ricky, what's his, I don't know his actor name, is in Hobo with a Shotgun, which I just rewatched recently. And he's only in it for a short period of time. And he, he just feels like Canadian Danny McBride. Do you get that impression at all? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, just just kind of like the the guy that plays the Ratneck to a perfection, Uh, but Canadian, yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, Anyway, do you have any final thoughts on the Burton Batman films so we can close out this show? Or before your Bluetooth headphones had died, I asked about what your expectation was for them revisiting the Burton universe if Michael Keaton signs on to do that Flashpoint movie.
1: What do you mean revisiting? So, like, do... uh... I, I I don't know if you can do it without Tim Burton because it's just going to feel like an imitation of what he did. So if they're going to do that, they should get him involved. Otherwise, it's just going to feel like a fan film of those two with the actors. You know.
0: Yeah, I think it definitely runs that risk. Uh, it's probably impossible, though, for them to get Tim Burton because I, I feel like he's got one of those Clint Eastwood with Warner Brothers contracts, but for Disney. I don't think he's done really anything else he did big eyes but that was miramax or or Lionsgate or one of these companies that's an affiliate of the disney corporation so i don't think he's going to be able to escape that unfortunately it would be great to see him mess around in that world again do something like that or even if it's just they finally put out that beetlejuice sequel they've been working on for for ages something in that tone would be nice but uh, i think it's unlikely right now they have big plans for michael keaton both in this Flash movie and also just taking over as Batman without Ben Affleck being involved.
1: So, so they're doing this Flashpoint thing, like they're doing the Spider-Verse thing then?
0: Well, they, they, they came up with this idea before any sort of Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield coming back thing, which I, I don't, I don't feel good about that personally. I don't like that. It's on Disney's terms. If this was, Hey, if this was a Columbia film or Sony film, I would feel excited about that cuz they did well with Spider-Verse. When Disney is not involved with Spider-Man, that's usually a good thing. Venom was pretty watchable. It was a fun dumb 90s action film. That was fine. Everything Tom Holland and Disney, I'm I'm done with that. I can't be bothered.
1: I I, I still haven't watched the last one just because I really Me And either. Spider-Man was a character that I used to like a lot. I just don't care and and I got uh the oversaturation of everything, it's just even characters that I used to like, I have no interest in watching anymore, just because you know exactly what you're going to get from it, you know exactly what the tone will be, there's going to be three acts, and you know exactly what those three acts do, and you know how the characters, will be. nothing is surprising about these movies anymore, where you could predict what's going to happen in them without having to see them, and then when you see them, you're like, ah, there it is, you Exactly, know? yeah. Nothing interesting about it.
0: So that concludes our Tim Burton Batman retrospective for today. Uh, I do feel like if you're into these, check out maybe Mask of the Phantasm feels. Still, I mean, they tried to capture that uh, Batman Tim Burton vibe with that animated series and the character designs. It doesn't feel like Tim Burton's Batman. It feels a little, I don't know. It's different. But it does feel like it's still in the same general sphere of this whole... Thing that he created, that he ushered in at Warner Brothers with these two films, uh, it is not the best Batman film, regardless of what these awful, gross nerds want to tell you and say. Mark Hamill's the best Joker. He's not. He didn't play the Joker. He never was Joker. He never will be Joker because he just did a voice, and that's not the same as acting.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with. Uh- <laughs> I agree,
0: though. Hey, you know who the best Batman is? It's Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy is the best Batman. Did you know that? This man with a giant mole on his face? He's the best Batman. Yeah. He was great
1: on wings. The, the problem with him is that they could never build a mask that's big enough for his gigantic head. <laughs> so he could never be... They
0: actually, well, they had him play Batman on the Flashpoint uh, show for the CW, but they didn't put him in the cowl. They gave him a, a metal vest and they made him grow a beard to hide that mole.
1: Uh, now, uh, one thing before we wrap up. If you, if, let's say that um, I really like these two movies and I want to watch something similar, but live, live action, not animated. Is there anything that comes to mind other than something like Darkman Man from around the, that time? that you would
0: recommend? Hmm. That's that's a good question. I know that the, there was a live action Flash series in the 90s and the pilot and some of the Mark Hamill episodes where he plays the trickster kind of feel like they were going for this, but it doesn't quite, doesn't quite hit at all, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, there's a, it feels like there's a lot of, not knockoffs, but things that were directly inspired by this movie in the 90s, but I don't know of any that nail it the same way that Burton did with Batman certainly and to a lesser degree Batman returns makes me think of yeah. makes me think of like the phantom with Billy Zane you remember the phantom or uh what was it with Alec Baldwin the shadow I was,
1: I was <sighs> the shadow i was thinking more maniac cop maybe
0: that's that's a little extreme that's kind of over the top though don't you think <laughs>
1: Mania if you enjoyed Batman Returns, go watch the Mania Cop movies.
0: They're, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Salo, Salo too. It feels a lot like Batman Returns. The expression at German, you know. Anyway, that's been movies for this week. We'll be talking about the Joel Schumacher Batman films very soon. And I, I what do you think about this? Because I know you haven't finished them yet. Do you feel like Suicide Squad is like the end of that trilogy? Like it feels like that's an extension of the Schumacher films? Because I've always felt that way, that it feels very Batman Forever.
1: That is awful to say, because I used to like David Ayer, but I, I can completely see that, yeah. David Ayer before... What was it? Yeah, Suicide Squad, right? Everything before that was at least decent. I think the the, the, the one I liked the least before that was Fury, probably. Fury
0: I, Fury, I think, is his best film.
1: <clears throat> I like End of Watch best from his movies at least but he worked
0: with christian bale as well what was it end of times or End of D- something like that back in the uh early aughts where he played er, like a marine with ptsd who had violent impulses christian bale is very good in that film uh yeah no he fell off completely he just lost it with with suicide squad it broke him
1: now did we ever do a, a podcast on the death collector
0: no, we did not do that. That'll be something to come, maybe when we do the end of the year wrap up. Because I mean, it, it, the year is over. It's going to be very interesting, I think, to see what gets nominated for an Oscar this year. Because the, I mean, if we put Mass State Lottery out this year, we would we would make. I mean, look, Cuck made the short list of films in contention, but I I feel like something something could happen. You know. But no, we're going to be coming out next year. It's going to be a strong year. Right. Next year when everything's back to normal. and and Promptly forgotten. Yes. Swept under the rug. Vimeo.com exclusive. No, no, no. I refuse to bend to that or make a self-depreciating joke in that manner. Not at all. This is going to be a great film. A great, wonderful Christmas film.
1: Yeah, that's right. James Rolfe
0: will be debating, is Mass State Lottery a Christmas film? That's the future.
1: There is snow, and there's there's that scene where Hans takes his shirt off. and Oh, no, that's a Jerry video. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. That's a
0: video from Jerry's personal collection. That's not a feature film, Hans.
1: That's right. I forgot. It, it was just me taking my shirt off in the car.
0: That has been Movies for this week. Uh you can follow Hans on Twitter, Hans Memorial. Oh, I should have thrown this out at the beginning of the show. Patreon.com slash Lorez, if you want to have the video of this, that ain't gonna make a difference now if you listen to this audio to completion. Uh but if you are on Patreon and watching this, thank you for, for subscribing and following along, and we will be putting out more videos to come. And any final words?
1: Um No, no. Uh, the thing with this movie is that um, everyone that's interested in this type of thing has seen it, so I don't know if there's anything I can say to convince you to watch them, but if you haven't, then it's definitely something that people that are interested in this type of comic book superhero type of thing should watch uh, just because of the huge difference there is between these two and and what we're living through right now.
0: It's comic book films... With, uh, I mean, major comic book films. We're not talking about like Road to Perdition here, with integrity to them and creative integrity at that. So, can't recommend these two films enough. They're still fun. They're still, I mean, they've aged better, probably. Um, Check them out. All right. That's been the show. Thank you for listening.